Welcome to the Biakrine Bulletin. I'm your host, Paul Squires, and each episode I'll be bringing you all the latest news and info on Biakrine's rebuilding in 2016 to get the club back to where it belongs in Norwegian football. Welcome to episode three, and in tonight's episode we'll be analysing Monday night's performance against Tonstad. We're joined by Biakrine's manager, Paul Wanless, to discuss what went right in the first half and what went wrong in the second. Thanks for joining us, Paul. No problem. Thank you for having me back on. Brilliant. We'll also be quizzing Paul on his thoughts ahead of the away trip to Mostar on Saturday. And as always, we'll run through the other games that took place this week in our division and how they affect things in the table for us. So over to our main talking point tonight and Monday night's game against Tonstad. A two-all draw, which is certainly a game of two halves. A great first 45 saw us go into the break with a 2-0 lead, thanks to a goal from Jan Martin Sandstall from a set piece and another from Jesper August Arce. However, disappointingly, Tonstad grabbed two of their own in the second half to share the points. Paul, let's cut to the chase. You're not happy with that result, are you? I think I was absolutely fuming with the result, especially on on the evening as soon as the final whistle went. Um, the players know exactly how I feel. There's no reason to go back over that on here. The players um, understand understand my feelings. Um, unfortunately, second half, we... We started to drop back and as people know, if you drop back and you just keep kicking the ball long, you're just going to invite them to come back again and again. And if we continue to do that, sooner or later, the wall will get knocked down and that's exactly what happened. OK, so after the game, we also caught up with Biakrim's assistant manager, Roger Bratterbur, for his thoughts on the game. It's a good uh, first half. In the second half, most of the players lost their heads communication went bad and uh, the players started stressing so it was a dreadful second half and nothing more to say about it okay paul let's look at things in a bit more detail so the first half performance resulted in the two goals that must have been pleasing for you as far as tactics are concerned and how the lads worked hard to build that lead i think first half showed exactly what a team we are and we are in my opinion which might be slightly biased the best, <laughs> team, the best team in the league um, people know I've been going off and scouting the other teams just to see what we come up against especially if you follow the Twitter account I post a few pictures on there of me at the games um, and first half we were superb we we started with two defensive midfielders with the idea of nullifying Tonstad's quick start, which they did against Helland, and it worked fantastically. Um, then moving Kim up in the central midfield alongside Ola just to give a bit more of a bite going forward worked fantastic because Kim's natural defensive ability took place further up the field. He was winning the ball back off them at off their back four times and he was just giving it straight to the wingers giving it to Ola coming through giving it to um, Jesper up top and tactically we we were solid and the tactic worked perfect and, it, was, um, it was quite literally taking the game to them and, 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 and pushing it back to, the, to their own backyard well yeah because we, we started sitting back I'd say with two defensive midfielders and the plan was always to switch it up after about 15 minutes and they could not handle the switch as soon as we switched we took control of the game and we hit them hard but um, yeah it's just unfortunate that the second half it just didn't go as well 
Okay, so what was it that changed in the second half, do you think? Was it our guys not playing as well, or was it that Tonstead had changed tactics and obviously counted, counted what you guys were playing to, to, to beat them, and, and they obviously raised their game because of it? Well, coming out of the second half, we lined up with the same tactic. Now, within a couple of minutes, I dropped Kim back in to defence midfield to form that um, two-defence midfield partnership alongside Martin. And uh, I was confident we could um, sustain the, the early pressure we were under. But just unfortunately, we just kept dropping deep. And the, the simple football which I've been trying to implement and just reminding the players that just keep it short, keep it simple and just play football, don't just kick it. Um, that disappeared and we just unfortunately were kicking a lot a lot long, we were bypassing midfield and it was just giving um, Tonstad the chance just to come back at us, which is, it's not the type of football I want to see us playing and it definitely didn't work and it, it just puts under too much pressure, Paul. I'm sure a few of our fans were probably wondering what you were saying at half time there to to the guys, but it, it it obviously just was one of those things that maybe the guys slipped into a bit of a comfort zone of playing the ball forward just to protect the defence and it backfired. Well, I think the the half time team talk definitely must have had some issues. Um, <laughs> we we the half time team talk was quite simple. It was just keep keep doing what you're doing, keep playing football, don't sit back on the two nil. I wanted us to go for the third goal and just kill the game. Kill the game. Um, but we didn't do that. We didn't look a threat in the second half. So, yeah, it's just a, a sad situation. But unfortunately, that that happens in football. That's the the curse of the two goal lead. True, and it is. Uh, it, it's a bit of a, a false sense of security, is it? The two goal lead, as it's been seen many a time that people have come back to two two or even getting beat. But um, I mean, it's it's still early on in the season, and and. And I guess it's something that we want to learn from rather than beat beat over the head with a stick. So what do you feel is the biggest thing that you can take away from the game then? And, you know, that you can build on for the next game and going forward? I think um, the first half performance had many, many positives. And I think all of the players and the people watching and myself and Roger both were just blown away by the the determination from some of the players and um, I think Kim Brilliant. deserves a deserves a standout mention for above anybody um, and often I will always stick to it's a team game the yeah. team's done this but I think when you have a player who goes into a position where he he openly tells you he's not 100% comfortable with it yeah then he puts in the display does I think you can't help but um, give him a, a mention and just praise oh. him Absolutely, and 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 they're the kind of players that are absolutely valuable when when you have injuries, when you're trying new tactics, certainly for for parts of a game, and then you resort back. So you know, fantastic, well done to Kim. Okay, so I want to end our discussion of the game on a positive note. Um, what's the so the last point is Bjerkrim is still undefeated after three games. That must be for you and the team a massive uh, confidence booster going forward for the rest of the season. I think it's a, it's definitely something to build on. You would much rather have three draws than three defeats. Um, but don't get me wrong, we need to get three points on the table from one game, not from three. Absolutely. Um, so I think, yes, we're undefeated. Um, we go into the game against Moster with a, a chance of getting our first victory. And we need to take this. We need to start getting the three points and start climbing that table, Paul. 
Fantastic. Okay, thank you for that. So, other than our match, there were three other games taking place this week. First up was Undheim against Mostar. After a rather quiet and goalless first 45 minutes, the game sprang into life with Mostar taking a 2 0 lead just 12 minutes into the second half. Undheim didn't give up and grabbed a reply in a 77th minute, sorry. Then with just four minutes left, grabbed an equaliser. Next up was Riska 2 versus Varganes, and in a goal fest of a game, the home side mauled Varganes 5-1. Riska's second string side were one up at the break, and they must have had a serious pep talk from the manager, Vidar Olsen, as they banged in another four before Varganes grabbed the consolation with just one minute left to play. Then finally, it was Froiland 2 versus Lyon. After three defeats and 14 conceded, the division's bottom club were 3-0 winners. All three came within the first half hour and lie were probably too stunned to come back with any kind of reply. OK, so how does that affect things in the table then? After drawing with the side above them, Biekrein still find themselves one off the bottom in eight spot with three points from three draws, as we said. Froyland too, despite their debut win, still find themselves bottom due to their uh, minus five goal difference. Going up the table, and just one point above Biakrim are three teams with four points, all of whom have a goal difference of minus four, and two have played more games, so that's definitely positive for us. At the top, it's Mostar with ten points from four games, one point ahead of Riska two, and then it's Helleland on seven. Between now and next week's show, everyone will play one more game except Tonstad, who will have already who have already played at least one more than everyone else. So expect more changes to next week's table and hopefully for us to move away from the bottom. And our fact from last week is still true. There are only two teams still undefeated, Mostar Top and us. But that could well all change next week as it is Mostar we face on Saturday. In our first away game of the season, we face a near five-hour trek north to face the current league leaders. Paul, you've got to be pleased that you can put Monday's game behind you and get straight into another game, albeit a tough one. It's definitely nice to get another game so quickly because it does give us a chance to get more points on the table, but it is going to be a very tough game and definitely one I would rather not be making with a weekend trek so far north. Yeah, the long trek will, you know, it isn't ideal, but I'm sure the time on the coach will give you some extra quality time with the players to run through any final thoughts. Well, I mean, I, I want to do that, and I really do want to sit down with the players and talk through some some ideas in terms of the tactics for the day. And I think that's going to be important due to the amount of players we're going to be without. I mean, I can... I can say now that we are expecting to be missing up to nine players from wow. the match squad. Um, and that includes our captain, Martin, who picked up an injury against Tonstad. So it's very sad that he's picked up a knock. Um, and it is very touch and go whether he will be back for untime next week. Oh, that's got to be a blow for the squad. And obviously in response to that, tonight you've announced that Ola Harold Sandstall will take the armband on Saturday because of this injury. What made you give it to him? Um, he's a hard worker, um, talented in the middle, um, just he leads by example and that's Fantastic. what I want on the pitch. That's exactly what you want, isn't it, From you know, for, for, for the team on the pitch. OK, and we caught up with Ole's thoughts on the game. Yeah, we had a good session today, a bit uh, small numbers, but uh, we're looking forward to the match on, on a Saturday. We're travelling a, a long fucking way, but... Uh, we're traveling with a bus, and then we're, how many are we? 13, 14 people, I think. So, uh, I think we can go, uh, we can win that match and be uh, undefeated, the only undefeated team. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's great. And obviously, we caught up with Roger as well, the assistant manager, for his thoughts on Mostar. 
Yeah, on the when it comes to the match on uh, Saturday, we are a bit short of short on the players, but uh, I think we'll do okay. Paul has watched the monster play, and they were dreadful, so I I have a good confidence. <laughs> Okay, so last week saw the launch of the new Biakrime monthly magazines. We put this together to bring you some detailed features on the club and its players and including a few things that you won't get to hear about on this show or on the website. We've had lots of great comments already from readers who love the style and the content and this is just the start. We know that each issue will be even better than the last. It's actually free to download but with an option where you can make a donation of however much you like to pay for the issue if you wish. You can be assured that 100% of any money raised from the magazine will go straight back to the club. Um, there are links on all social media but head over to the English section of the club's website to download your copy today. Don't forget that as well as the weekly podcast and this new monthly magazine, there are many other ways you can keep updated on what's happening at Crime IL. The club's new website is available in both English and Norwegian and you can find it at www.bjekrimefootball.com Obviously that's football with one O. Check out the club's Facebook page at Bjekrime IL Football for videos and news and on the Twitter the club's official account is at Bjekrime IL. Make sure you go and give them a like, a follow and a read. That's it for tonight. Thanks to Paul for joining us again. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Great. And next week we'll have Paul's view of Saturday's game against Mostar. Hopefully it'll be celebrating those vital three points. We hope you enjoyed it again. And as always, there's anything you'd like to hear about or have questions you want us to answer on future shows, then please do get in touch. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Had a bra. Mm-hmm.